iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Just want to give a quick note before we start today's show. So last week, obviously, there was not an episode, but we had recorded one. It's the one you're about to hear, and we're about to kind of hit publish, and then the news broke about the Queen's passing. So out of respect, we held off. But just wanted to let you all know that that is why there was no episode last week. But we did record an episode. We're about to play it for you right now. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. But just wanted to kind of keep you guys in the know about why we didn't show up last week. And that is why. But anyhow, this is a really good episode. And now we're back. So let's get to it. Yo. Technology. What is it all about? You know, I'm a five foot seven Indian man who's slightly overweight. So I've been used to hearing no's for most of my life, usually in the romantic sense. So, uh, you know, it's not that hard for, for me when I go to fundraise. I just think about my teens and 20s. So it's not bad. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Danny in the Valley, your weekly dispatch from behind the scenes and inside the minds of the top people in tech. I am your host, Danny Fortson, the West Coast correspondent for the Sunday Times. And this week, we have a very fun guest to talk about a very unfun subject, which of course is cancer. But don't worry, this is a good, positive, hopeful episode. So on the show, we have Anand Parikh. He is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Fife therapeutics, which is super interesting. So what they're doing is using nutrition to treat cancer. Now, before you're like, uh, yeah, sure. Trust me, I had the same response. I too was skeptical. Um, but the team at Fife is really unimpeachable. They have a whole bunch of the world's most respected cancer researchers who have dedicated their lives to developing drugs to treat this horrible disease and the conclusion that they all reached independently long before they came together to start Fife was that nutrition, particularly metabolism and how we metabolize certain amino acids, etc., plays a huge role in how cancer spreads and is fueled. Now, the one case that this immediately brought to mind was, of course, Steve Jobs, who very famously sought to treat his pancreatic cancer through natural means, basically through diet, etc. And that didn't work. Of course, he did end up getting surgery, but you know, it didn't obviously save his life. But anyway, Fife this summer raised uh, nearly $50 million and they're embarking on several clinical trials to show that if you starve the body of certain amino acids, it can indeed slow, stop, or even reverse tumor growth. It's really extraordinary. So it's a way to kind of supercharge the other treatments you might be having and make sure they actually really do the work that they're supposed to do and then some. So it's a really big idea. 
you know, if it works, it's, it's a, opens a whole new waterfront in terms of how we think about treat cancer. So it's a big idea. There's some very wildly credible people behind it, led by Anand, who now has this money to go out and prove that the thesis actually works in real life. So that's what you're going to hear right now. Anand also has a really fun backstory of how he ended up running this company. And lastly, before we get to the show, just a brief programming note. I am not very smart, so I forgot to press play for like the first seven minutes of our conversation. My audio just isn't quite as good as normal, but then I realized the error of my ways. I pressed record, so that kicks in around 70 minutes, and then that's the rest is as normal as you might expect. So with that, I now hand you over to my conversation with Anand Parikh, the co-founder and CEO of Fife Therapeutics. Enjoy. Well, look, thank you for taking the time. I think what you guys are doing obviously is going to be of interest to, I'm going to guess, every single listener because we all have a loved one or a friend or somebody who has suffered from cancer. And so I'd love to just, if you could just give kind of high level what it is you guys are doing, because I think it's a really interesting idea. And then we can get into a bit of the science and kind of where you are as a company. Yeah, absolutely. So what Fight does is we really focus on uncovering the fourth pillar of cancer care. So currently, if you have cancer, there's only three ways you can get treated, and that's surgery, radiotherapy, so x-rays, or drugs. Which is chemo, basically, right? Which is chemo or targeted therapies, so drugs that hit particular oncogenic mutations. But why can't we leverage nutrition like we do in many other diseases, everything from diabetes to pediatric epilepsy to autoimmune conditions. Why can't we use precision nutrition to help treat cancer? And, you know, my co-founders are some of the world's greatest cancer biologists who were all developing drugs and have spent their lives developing drugs to help patients with cancer Mm. and basically realized that we can. And we should be using precision nutrition to treat cancer. And by not doing so, we're making our drugs a lot less effective. So my initial kind of knee-jerk reaction is like, oh, yeah, well, nutrition, you can like, you know, help treat cancer by kind of eating better or eating differently. On one level, it's like, yeah, I think I'm on board with that. And then another level, you're like, this sounds like some Instagram quacks you know, yeah. like, you know, like, oh, you just totally. need, you need a week of goji berries and then your brain cancer will disappear. Yeah. Eat ashwagandha and spin around in a circle three times <laughs> is my, is my favorite one. But I think that's so much of what the science has been. And what we're trying to do is really bring the rigor that you bring with drug development, but bring it to precision nutrition. So we're doing these trials with very specific combinations. You know, we're not talking about ashwagandha or eat a diet only of green vegetables or something like that. We're talking about very specific micronutrients that tumors are reliant upon to grow and to spread. So we're really Mm -hmm. talking about starving the tumor of very specific things that it needs. And what is it in terms of like what that looks like? on a practical level does that is that like you're just taking a pill 
that is like has certain nutrients or does not have certain nutrients or do you stop eating certain things or is a little bit of everything like what is that if this may if this becomes a treatment what does that look like yeah it's it's pretty simple so we have precision nutrition we have drugs and we have an application so software hmm. and we wrap all of them together in a unified package and it basically gives the patient exactly what they need to be successful. Right, right. But is that like, as you say, it's not like eating greens necessarily. But so like, if you're talking about micronutrients, I'm just trying to understand what that actually looks like with like, you know, if I have a cancer and I, you know, I'm using you guys to help fight this cancer, what does that actually look like? So for example, in yeah. one of our programs, we're trying to deplete serine, glycine, and proline. Okay. So serine, glycine, and proline are three out of the 20 amino acids. And the way we deplete three amino acids is we essentially have a real food component to our intervention. So it's real food that you would recognize, but we take out all of the protein. All of the protein is gone. Oh, wow. And then we give you a sachet of amino acids it contains all of the amino acids other than serine, glycine, and proline, and some other ones that can interconvert. But that's really what we do. And it's very simple for the patient. The patient gets all the food shipped to them, to their door. It's kind of like a meal delivery service in yeah. that way. And then they take these amino acid powders in about eight to 12 ounces of water four to five times a day. Mm. And they do this for several days a week overlaid very exactly with their chemotherapy. They have access to our software, which reminds them when to eat, uh, gives them access to a registered dietitian who will talk to them and help them with you know, any issues they may face. And then they take their drugs as directed by their oncologist as well. And so that's the package for the patient. I see. Yeah. And is there... I mean, have you had any indications in the clinic or otherwise that would be like, oh, this actually long-term could be, you know, once we get this really dialed in, like an alternative to chemo, because obviously when people think of cancer, they think of chemo, they think of, you know, you lose all your hair, you're wildly sick. It's just like this horrendous experience. Is that a possibility or no? So right now we're pairing it together with chemo. So if you're going to go through this horrible process of losing your hair, feeling very nauseous all the time, then you might as well get the maximal benefit that you possibly can out of it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's how we're treating it today. But in I the see. future, there, there is the possibility that even for cancers where chemo doesn't work, that maybe we're able to help. You know, in some of our programs that we're looking at, one of our drugs is being paired with the diet. And these are for patients who have already failed on chemotherapy. Mm. So their, their tumor is not responding to chemotherapy. I see. So can we go backwards? So how did you get here to doing this, starting a company and starting a company, you know, focusing on, on the nutritional aspect of cancer treatment in particular? Okay. So let me start at the very beginning. So yes. I was born... I was born in North London. Which part of North London? That's, that's where uh, I lived when I was there. Oh, so I grew up in a very boring part of North London called Hillingdon. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
I was in tough. My first place, I was in Tufnell Park for many years. Yeah, that's much cooler. Uh, you know, we're sort of if you if you get to my dad owned a shop in Ickenham. We lived in Hillingdon, and yeah, sort of grew up always loving science. I always thought I was going to be a doctor, like you know all the other good brown kids. Yep, and uh, then ended up when we moved to the US, which was about when I was 16 or 17, ended up studying biology and going to work in politics and became a lawyer for various reasons. Oh, wow. So many questions. How did you end up going to just moving? If your dad had a shop, how did you end up moving to America? So unbeknownst to me, when I was a year old, my dad had applied for the diversity lottery. So this is a lottery that you can apply for a green card for, most people don't apply because it takes 15 years to get a green card. My dad did it when I was one and sort of <laughs> forgot about it. And right. then one day when I was 16, he said, Anand, we're moving to America. And I said, what? And he said, we're moving to America and we're moving to suburban Detroit. And all I knew about Detroit was, you know, I was thinking bulletproof vests and totally, totally. Uh, just knew nothing about it. It turns out it's fine. It, it's, it's a nice place to grow up. But so his sister had lived in Detroit and my mom's brother lived in Chicago. And so we picked the Midwest. Wow. There you go. So Michigan and then uh, studied political science and biology there. I was going to go to med school, as I mentioned, and then uh, worked in politics, saw that more of the people who were doing the things that I wanted to do were lawyers versus doctors. Yeah. And so I um, sort of applied to law school, went to law school, graduated with a ton of debt and uh, worked at a large law firm doing soul crushing work for a while. This is what my wife did as well. There you go. She worked at Covington and Burling in DC. And um, every six minutes, you got to, you know, account for your time and the billing and all the... Uh, it sounds, it's like a very difficult sausage machine to exist in. It is a very, I love that. I love that. Uh, just grinds you up. It just grinds you up. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm at this large law firm. I remember I got a review one year that said, we love you. Clients love you. You do great work, but you take too much initiative. And I just thought, oh my God. Interesting. Yeah, they didn't like that. They didn't like that I was emailing clients to say like, hey, did, was what I gave you what you needed? Is there anything else? Sending emails without checking with the more senior people. Right, uh, right, and right, I just right. thought- Not respecting the hierarchy. Yeah, not respecting the hierarchy. And I just thought, not right for me. And then I joined a very small company. I decided to jump in at a company of three people. And what that company did was it used a ketogenic diet mm. to treat diabetics. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're doing like, I presume, corporate law. Yes, yes. Like, you know, really exciting, exhilarating stuff, I'm sure. So how yes. do you go from like working at a corporate law firm, I imagine making, you know, very healthy money to yes. joining a three-person startup and doing ketogenic? Do you have some kind of interest, like personal interest here? Like how, what, how did, that's a big leap. I said that I'm looking for anything that will essentially allow me to use my initiative, not right. try to stifle it. 
And apparently three-person startups that have no money in the bank uh, <laughs> will take almost anyone, especially if you're willing to work for a pittance. So I basically got every uh, trapping of uh, you know, a new lawyer's lifestyle I had to get rid of in very short order. So yeah. the wine clubs, the nice shoes got sold, the gym membership went, everything went, downsized the apartment. Wow. And decided to start working at this company. And yeah, it was like your, it was like a, it was like a cleanse. It sounds like <laughs> <laughs> it was a cleanse. It was, it was great. It was actually really great because I grew up pretty sort of working class, pretty yeah, poor. Yeah, yeah. And you know, first time making some money, you sort of enjoy all the trappings sure. of that. And then very quickly, I had to let go of it all, and I realized that I could. Uh, so that was that was good to learn about myself. Right, um, right, right. And I never right. want never want those trappings again. But uh, yeah, so I'm working at this small company. I get introduced to a friend of mine who is a venture capitalist. He was someone who I was introduced to through another person. I was basically just going around to everyone saying, yeah. do you know somewhere that will take me and will allow me to, to learn how to build uh, a company? Yeah. And one Sunday, this friend sent me an email saying, hey, this guy's starting a company using a ketogenic diet to treat diabetics. Do you want to talk to him? And he could have said, this guy's building, you know, kennels to house bats. And yeah. I probably would have said, sure. Like, <laughs> that sounds great. Let's, yeah, let's have a conversation. But I talked to him. He was an incredible guy. Uh, he is an incredible guy. He's my CEO there, a guy called Sami Inkinen, is a Finnish guy. So I worked with Sami for about four years and I started off moving boxes, helping us move offices. I did all the setting up payroll, all the sexy, unglamorous work, all the very unsexy, unglamorous work. And then uh, ended up being the CFO there, ran legal finance and HR, sold our first client. I'd never sold, you know, a biscuit in my lifetime. And then suddenly I was selling, you know, multi-million dollar contracts to large insurance companies and learn oh, wow. how to do that and just had a great time and then um wasn't planning on going anywhere we were we were actually expecting our first child and um a venture capitalist reached out to me and asked me to go invest for him apparently someone had said nice things about me and he said i want you to come work for me this guy's name is vinod kosa i know that guy yeah there you go he's reasonably well known out in these parts He's reasonably well known out in these parts. That's right. Uh, and and I said no, thank you to Vinod. I don't want to invest. Right. I I like get I like building things. You know, on my spare time, I like doing carpentry. I like seeing something come up from the ground that wasn't there before. So he said, okay, well, what do you want to do? I said, I want to have a big impact on a big problem. And uh, he said, house cancer. I said, big problem. And he introduced me to my co-founders. We were a bunch of scientists who'd come to him looking for money. And originally, they wanted to start a meal delivery company for cancer patients. And I said, I see. That's right. a horrible idea. I don't want to do that. But you've got some amazing science here. Let's figure out how we can scale the science and get it to patients. And, uh, you know, two and a half years later, here we are running clinical trials in cancer patients, hopefully on the precipice of about to change the course of this disease. And so can you talk about that group of scientists? Because I was looking at the roster and it is 
quite impressive. This isn't just like, you know, some Tom, Dick and Harry who like, yeah, I think we, you know, we can come up with some, you know, a juice cleanse for cancer and it's going to be really great. <laughs> it's just like, these are, these are some of the most prominent people in their fields. No, they absolutely are. These are some of the most prominent uh, cancer biologists out there today. And how this came about is that all of these people were trying to essentially develop drugs. They were trying to develop cancer drugs that would help people live for longer. But then in the course of developing those drugs, they realized the drugs weren't working as well as they should. And that the underlying reason for that was the sort of overall metabolism of the organism. So essentially, some of these drugs, if you gave the drug, but the person taking the drug was eating a whole bunch of ice cream, you might as well not have given the drug. Yeah. And that's what they figured out. And they started saying pretty quickly, well, we can really start to target this using precision genomics to find the specific patient population, the specific intervention that's going to help that group of people. Because what people don't realize about cancer is that cancer is not just one disease. It's actually a thousand diseases that are all very, very different, but just share two things that the cells want to grow and the cells want to spread. That's about it. Right, right. The train is now approaching. Junction at platform. Passengers, airport, please stay on board. Next stop, road station. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I imagine there's a lot of breakthroughs, but there was, was there one kind of landmark study that kind of showed like, oh, if you kind of quote, let's, you know, quote unquote, starve a tumor of X, Y, or Z, then you can slow its rate of growth by 50% or stop it or reverse it or something. Was there kind of a light bulb moment in this kind of field or in this particular science? Because as you say, when you think about cancer care, it's about kind of real like industrial strength drugs and chemo and really just kind of gnarly stuff like that. But I imagine if there was a study that showed like if you change your intake of certain nutrients, this can also have a really significant impact. It's interesting. There wasn't just one study. There was three of them all done at the same time, all being published in a very uh, highfalutin journal called Nature all published between 2013 and 2018. And the people who were doing these papers all happened to know each other one way or the other. So one group 
was led by a scientist called Lou Cantley. And Lou is most well known for characterizing an enzyme called the PI3 kinase enzyme and, and that pathway. And uh, Lou had basically shown that if you gave mice with a mutation in this PI3 kinase pathway, an insulin suppressing diet, that it made this drug 500% more effective. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. And at the same time as Lou and Sid, were, were Sid Mukherjee, Lou's uh, co-collaborator, were showing that, Karen Valsden, who's actually the chief scientist of Cancer Research UK, down there at the Crick in London, and uh, Oliver Maddox, who's a professor at the University of Glasgow, were doing work on amino acid deprivation. And so they showed that essentially starving some of these tumors of serine, glycine, and proline was a highly effective strategy that could cause mice to live for you know, much, much longer, double their survival, essentially. Right. And then a third group was Greg Hannon and Scott Lowe, who showed they were trying to knock down a variety of genes, so silence genes that are uh, using CRISPR that were mm. responsible for trying to figure out which genes were responsible for causing a tumor to metastasize, meaning spread, right? And they figured out that it was genes encoding for uh, asparagine that did that. So these three groups all had these big aha moments and they all happened to know each other. So Lou and Karen have been friends for decades. Greg technically works for Karen. And so they all kind of said, wait, you found this thing, I found this thing. And they decided to start a company and that company's fine. You said asparagine. I have no idea what that is. Asparagine is one of the 20 amino acids. Oh, I see. I see. So again, if you can kind of cut that out, that in certain cancers could be a very good thing. Correct. It could prevent metastasis of breast cancer. So it could prevent breast cancer from spreading. Right. So these are obviously all, you know, credentialed scientists, you know, in their fields. What is the view of the, of the research? Because again, I, oftentimes when you're right, when I'm writing about like biotech or th companies that are trying to do something or take a different approach or a new approach, there's a lot of skepticism or even pushback. I imagine, I'm just wondering kind of what the view is now of like this kind of nutrition-based approach to cancer is it kind of a wait and see are people very excited about it is there a lot of skepticism kind of what's the what's the situation so i think because of the caliber of scientists that are saying look there's a there there yeah. i actually think people are receptive to it this is kind of different than my last company where you know the scientists are wonderful human beings and they were right that a ketogenic diet is probably one of the best ways to treat type two diabetics, but they just didn't have the visibility or the profile of some of the scientists that I'm working with now. And um, it definitely makes it a little bit easier when you're walking into an oncologist's office and say, you know, this is research by Lou Cantley or Karen Vowsden. Um, it, it definitely sort of makes people sit up. Whereas previously they might've thought, oh, this is going to be another ashwagandha story. <laughs> but instead, they're like, okay, let me actually be receptive to this and, and think about it. Right, right. And so you're doing, you, you guys just raised what, is it $47 million this summer? That's right, yes. 
And that is to do what? To fund, um, to get you through this clinical trial, I presume. Yes, there, that money will allow us to do several clinical trials that ideally would prove the principle or at least lend further credence to the idea that this is possible in humans, right? Because until now, much of the research has been done in mice and in the lab, and now we're starting to do it in humans. A big first step for us, which we achieved in the, within the last 12 months, is we've proven that we could actually change levels of these nutrients in humans. So for example, I talked about serine, glycine, and proline. We've now shown that in healthy volunteers and in cancer patients, we can drop levels of those nutrients low enough where it should be effective. So now the trick is to show it within a population of cancer patients for long enough where we can say, hey, you know, they did far better than they would have done were they on chemotherapy alone. So what phase is it? Would this be a phase two trial then, what you're doing right now? Yeah, it's an early phase trial. Phase one or phase two is, is the right way to think about it. Right, right, right. And the, and the phase three is proving the efficacy that this thing actually really works. Correct. Right. And I'm curious because, he, and I don't know if it's because these would have to be prescribed by a doctor, but it doesn't sound like you're inventing a drug. So do you need FDA approval? Yeah, so eventually we will need FDA approval because if you want to say that something actually helps treat or prevent a disease, in order to make that claim, the FDA has to approve that. And so that's where we will want the FDA. And I think the other thing is, look, the FDA adds this imprimatur of scientific validity. People all over the world know those three letters, FDA. So, you know, the person who's telling you to eat goji berries and spin around in a circle three times isn't going to get the attention of the FDA. But um, if the FDA says, look, what fight's doing is scientifically valid and can make a difference for people with pancreatic cancer or whatever cancer we're talking about, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's something that oncologists will listen to. Right. Are you focusing on a particular cancer at the moment? So we have a bunch of different sets of trials. So we have a trial involving uh, an insulin suppressing diet together with a PI3 kinase inhibitor. And that's in mutant PI3 kinase endometrial, colorectal, and ovarian cancers. And then we also have a trial in pancreatic, colorectal, and rectal cancer. And that's involving a diet deplete of serine, glycine, and proline. And is it too early to say, like, you know, if this works, you know, what it would do in terms of, I don't know, either extension of lifespan or health span or, you know, elimination of disease? Like, where, where is it on that spectrum? So, look, with that, with that first trial I mentioned, the cerebellissive trial, there has just been some data done by a group in South Dakota using that drug in a combination that's very similar to the one that we're testing. We didn't know anything about these guys doing it, but they, they used the drug. We had no idea. And they, they saw curative responses within some of these patients. So literally, patients who have failed on multiple lines of therapy, these are people who are sort of in a bad state with very few options, and they've, they've cured them. Not everyone, but some of them they have cured. Cured by basically starving cert the tumors of certain amino acids. 
Well, this is the zero, this is the program that focuses on a PI three kinase inhibitor together with an insulin suppressing diet. So that's the program where they actually put that together with some chemotherapy called paclitaxel, and they saw curative responses. Pretty amazing. Wow. That's like the kind of the quote unquote miracles you hear about when somebody's like, I've, everything's failed. Now it's just the kind of the death clock is, is ticking down. I'll tell you, it's, it's a tough disease. It's a tough prognosis for many of the patients that we are treating. Many of them, unfortunately, will pause. But it's data like that that gives you hope that we can really change the course of this disease. I mean, you know, when I'm having a tough day, I think about that. And I think about the person who's got that diagnosis. And it sort of will make you dig a little bit deeper. And I know my team feels the same way. Right. And where are you based? So I am currently based in Austin, Texas, but the company is based all over the globe. I like to say I'm a Londoner by birth and a Californian by soul, but I followed my wife down here who's, uh, who works uh, for Tesla. Oh, wow. And so she moved down to Austin and in order to save my marriage and uh, <laughs> not lose the best thing that's ever happened to me, I said, Lauren, I'll move down here too. Right, 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 right. So you guys are uh, fully remote, it sounds like. Fully remote. We have a lab in Cambridge in the UK, but otherwise we've got people from San Francisco to Stockholm. How's that been? As just like trying to manage that, you know, the kind of the herding cats problem, or if it's, I don't know if it's a problem. It hasn't been bad thus far. Uh, I think we've got a team of very motivated, mission-driven people who really care about what they do. So you don't need much sort of geeing up. The team just wants to, wants to get on with it. We do get together once a quarter in person, and then we have lots of fun over Zoom as well. Happy hours and uh, you know, lots, of, lots of banter over Slack. So yeah. we, we have a good time. Right. And so in terms of the timeline for you guys, what's the next big kind of date or data point you guys are working toward? I'm hopeful that within the next sort of 12 to 18 months, that we'll have data in humans that shows the magnitude of the response. And that I think will, I think we're so, sort of starting to see people's eyes opening slightly to this idea as precision nutrition of the fourth pillar of cancer. But I think that's going to, it's going to be like three shots of espresso at seven in the morning, it's really going to keep them awake, right? right. They're going to start saying, wow, this is a real thing. And I'm hopeful that we'll have a hundred other companies in space within the next few years, because we can't do it all if it's just us. I mean, there are thousands of companies developing cancer drugs, but we're the only one that I'm aware of that are developing cancer nu precision nutrition. And for us to achieve our mission of every cancer, every patient, I think we need many, many more people chasing after this. Right, right. Because that's what I was going to ask, because that's kind of that's kind of gets back to where we started of this idea of like the whole idea of nutrition, because, you know, like, I mean, you know, California, but it's like, you know, food is like medicine, you know, man, you got <laughs> bodies, a temple, all that stuff. But the idea that that could be like a scientifically credible and not only credible, but like vital uh, approach to to cancer does feel like it's still kind of maybe you're maybe you're not out in the wilderness because again you have these scientists behind you but it does still feel like a relatively 
fringe or new idea. Is that fair? I think it is fair for cancer, but there's so many other diseases where we already know the power of precision nutrition. I mean, everything from, as I mentioned, my last company in diabetes or irritable bowel syndrome or pediatric epilepsy, ulcerative colitis, autoimmune disorders. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We know how nutrition can impact these particular uh, conditions. And so why should cancer be any different? I mean, I genuinely believe that even if we fail, even if Fife isn't the company that's going to find it, it will be. But even if we aren't, that someone else is going to come along and say, precision nutrition in cancer, boom, here you go. Like it will happen. And in our lifetimes. Right. Fife. What's up with the name? So one of my co-founders, Oliver Maddox, is Welsh. And it's the Welsh word for nutrient or metabolite. Oh, well, there you go. I'm glad I asked. There you go. Because I was like, oh, I'm I'm about to uh, interview the CEO of Faith Therapeutics. But I was like, so when you said Faith, it kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. You thought it was just some wonky corporate name that a branding agency had come up with. I thought, well, you know, it's, yeah, you, you know, the Silicon Valley way. You have to, you just have to change the spelling of something and, and make it sound new. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a real <laughs> word. You know, thank goodness it's not Land Diddley Edno or, or any one of those funny Welsh towns uh, that he came up with. But uh, short, sharp, even the mispronunciation is great because the mispronunciation is faith which great word right totally very applicable yeah exactly exactly what was your worst day of work at five or ever ever i think my worst day of work was at my last company we had a very challenging hr situation which you know was not of my making but that i was overseeing Mm. and it was just horrible, horrible to deal with, horrible to be a part of, horrible for the people that experienced it. That was really hard for me on a personal level because I think of myself as a person of high integrity and just having to clean up some, some of that mess was, was challenging. Yeah, managing people, it's tough. Yeah, and you know, I always say to people at Fife, the quickest way to get fired at Fife is to show a lack of respect for another human being who you work with. However that manifests, right? that's the quickest way. You know, sometimes our jobs are difficult. Sometimes things get in the way, but there's just no reason for anyone to, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say this, but be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Good life rule. Indeed. Indeed. Well, it was um, Ariana Huffington who was on the Uber board who said, you know, I think at some point she's like, we just have to stop hiring assholes. It's like, you know, it's just a very simple kind of, you know, that's yeah, part of our problem. <laughs> I work really hard, and it's fun to me when everyone comes along for the ride. And sure, not everyone is going to make it the entire way, but even if they can't, you can treat them with respect as you let them go. I don't think there's any need to be, you know, condescending, derisive, rude to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, lastly, I forgot to ask, how was the fundraising process? Because you guys got some good, you got some like, you know, kind of blue chip names to back you. Was that a difficult process? Was that a, you know, a wall of no's and a couple of yeses? How'd that go? Fundraising is always a wall of no's and a couple of yeses. Whoever tells you that it's not that <laughs> is, is lying. That's always how it is. You just have to get used 
to being told no a lot of times. Now, you know, I'm a five foot seven Indian man who's slightly overweight. So I've been used to hearing no's for most of my life, usually in the romantic sense. So, uh, you know, it's not that hard for, for me when I go to fundraise. I just think about my teens and 20s. So it's not bad. <laughs> That's not traumatizing. It's not triggering as, a, as the kids say. <laughs> no, it's not triggering at all. Develop some thick skin, you know. <laughs> Awesome. Well, look, I think it's fascinating. I wish you guys all the luck because obviously it's a it's a big problem you're tackling. And if there's a, yeah, if you guys can kind of open up an entire new way to treat this disease, that feels like, you know, that would be a game changer. Yeah, thanks. We feel the same way. And we feel this moral imperative that if we can help people really extend their life or even cure them from this disease by using this very simple or you know, this relatively simple intervention that is available to everyone and Mm. everyone eats. If we can just change that and make it better, I think that's a win for humanity. That's how we think about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I wish you all the luck and we'll we'll have you guys back on as things progress for sure. Thank you, Danny. Really appreciate it. It was uh, a lot of fun. And that is all the time we have. I want to thank Anand. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank producer Daisy for making it happen. And... As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. I have a request. Put in a review. Please, do it for me. Or a rating, or both. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor. It really does help other people find the pod keeps me employed and paid which i quite like and yeah thank you again for listening we will be writing about fife i believe this weekend in the sunday Times, so do check that out pick up an actual physical copy of paper pile of papers or just go online thetimes.co.uk you can also find me on twitter at danny fortson or email me danny.fortson at sunday-times.co.uk have a fantastic week and we'll talk to you very soon